Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, you're listening to America's Off-Road Podcast. If you like going into the outdoors, camping with your family, or maybe you're building a new wheeling rig, you've come to the right place. Thanks for tuning in. Keep following along. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to another episode of America's Off-Road Podcast. I'm Kyle. I've got a super awesome guest with me today. We are going to go for a drive. It's a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest, so we decided to hop in the old uh, Tundee and uh, go for a cruise and and do an episode. Uh, Before we dive into it, as always, you guys can follow along with everything we're doing um, on the podcast and behind the scenes at America's Off-Road Podcast on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I believe we even have a TikTok out there. So you guys can check all that stuff out um, on the social media interwebs. Uh, if you guys want us to do a specific podcast or you have questions about a previous episode that we've covered in the past, you can shoot us an email at kyle at americasoffroadpodcast.com, and we will cover that episode. This is a cool little... You know, just when you think it's a water bottle, how interesting can it be? They thought of everything. They came out with something like this and totally blew our minds. <laughs> it's awesome. And the other thing that's really cool with Model Outdoors is you can completely customize your water bottle to your specifications. So if you want the whole package, you can get all-inclusive everything that comes with it. Or if you have a specific purpose, like you want to use it as a hydration pack, or like the attachment Cooper just grabbed, which is the shower attachment. Oh, yeah. uh, you can customize your model water bottle to however you see fit. So if you guys want the ultimate in hydration and portable water, make sure you go to Model Outdoors. That's M-O-D-L outdoors.com. Use coupon code AOP10 and boom, you just got 10% off your order. What? And guess what? You order the water bottle and you decide you want to get some of these other awesome upgrades, go back, use that same coupon code, you'll get another 10% off your order. Get out of here. True story. So, if you guys want to stay hydrated, 
out on the trail. Oh, I think you need to say it like it is. So if you don't want to die, <laughs> if you don't want to die, go to Model Outdoors, M-O-D-L, outdoors.com. Use coupon code AOP10, get 10% off your order. Making hydration great again. With me today is Jesse. What's going on, dude? Not much. This is uh, this is a little different than the than the other podcast, right? Yeah, I know. We're not. I dig <laughs> it's, we're cruising around, and yeah, it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. But for those of you... Uh, that follow us closely. I'm sure you've seen Jesse before. For those of you that don't, he is um, pretty much the guy that gets everything done when it comes to our builds, whether it's side-by-sides, whether it's rebuilding four-wheelers that I wadded up in, in the mountains, or um, or even this Toyota that we're this, driving around. This Tundra that we're driving. So Jesse's been, how long have you been with us? Feels like forever. Uh, since Quite 20, a while. 2020, April of 2020. Okay. So a couple years now. So Jesse came on board and uh, he works hand-in-hand with Dave. He's here every day, Monday through Friday, just doing super rad stuff, but Jesse's got a super cool background, so I want to dive into that first, uh, and then we'll talk about some of the cool stuff you build. So, um, come from kind of a fabrication background, a turning wrenches background. So, how in the world did you go from building boats to getting into off-road uh, off-road stuff? Well, I I started out. Uh, my dad was a a logger and mechanic, and you know, kind of jack of all trades and. Uh, did a lot of dirt track racing, so grew up turning wrenches. Oh, that's cool. And um, from there, like in high school, you know, living in the Pacific Northwest, like if you don't got a four by four, you're <laughs> you're, not, you're nothing, you know. So it's you're like, not the cool crap. Yeah. So I I drug out a, a seventy two F two fifty four wheel drive out of a field that by anybody's standards was a parts truck. <laughs> like it, I actually one of my best friends to this day. He saw it after I put it together the first time, and he goes, he goes, if I would have known, like, I, I didn't know you, I didn't know who you were, but I knew you bought that truck and what you did to it. And he goes, I looked at it to buy it and was like, it's not even a good part. It's not even worth pulling it yeah. out of the field. <laughs> He's like, so to see what you did to that, like, okay, I know you're at least, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, mechanically yeah. good. <laughs> so I, I had that truck for a long time and built bumpers for it. You know, you you sit there in shop class like, oh, I'll build this style bumper. I'll build the tube bumper for it. Well, I built that, and then a buddy wanted it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll sell this bumper for like 100 bucks, <laughs> which was, you know, a million dollars when you're 17. Oh, yeah. And totally. And then uh, built a big plate bumper for it and went out wheeling and broke the axle and broke a drive shaft. And just, you know, you go through all the typical off-road stuff. Sure. And went from there and just was, you know, doing fab stuff on the side while... You know, I worked at a tire shop. I want every every job I go and work at. It's like, oh well, there's an opening at the tire shop, and I'm into cars. And I kind of want to know how to mount and dismount tires, so I don't have to pay a tire shop how to do it <laughs> or and, school to yeah. do it, right? So it's like I went and worked at a tire shop, and I went and worked, and then that's how I ended up welding, uh, building aluminum boats and uh, big fishing boats. And Which for me was super fascinating because I come from a background more so in the outdoor, go out hiking, hunting, fishing type things than more of the off-road thing. So when, when you told me you were building uh, Hughescraft, Hughescraft yeah. which is here in the Pacific Northwest, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So I thought that was super, super cool. And that one, I, I didn't, it was something that I was kind of, 
I want. I, I mean, I kind of didn't have a lot of direction in my early twenties. Right. Um, I mean, I still don't. But <laughs> I had even <laughs> None of less. Us do. Let's yeah, be honest. <laughs> I even had less back then, and my dad was always like, you know, they're always hiring over there, like, and you know somebody that works there, like, you should just ask. So I end up asking. I go over for an interview, end up getting the job, and and it was funny because like. I just wanted to soak up. I was like, oh, cool. These guys are going to like pay me to learn how to weld aluminum. And which is basically all it was. And then, but I like took to it really quick. Aluminum's like super fun, super easy, yeah. uh, especially when all the metal's brand new. Sure. And the machines are nice. Like we have really <laughs> nice water cooled, you know, Miller. People are bringing and, in rusty things to you. Yeah. It's all brand new stuff. Right. So it's like I, everybody's like talking, you know, at, at work, they're like, oh, yeah, we went fishing this weekend. Do you do, you know, you fish? What kind of boat do you have? I was like, I don't have a boat. Oh, do you fish? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, and you're working it, for Hughes Craft. Yeah, and they're like, well, why'd you come to work here? You must like boats. I was like, uh, no, I actually hate boats. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you guys understand. I'm not like really even that much of a fan of water. And they're like, why are you here? I was like, well, I like building things and aluminum's cool. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I was never really a I, I'm more of a fan of boats now. Yeah. And, but it's, uh, yeah, back then it, it made everybody laugh. They were so confused. Like, why did, why are you here? The Hughescrafts make some, some pretty rad fishing boats. They're pretty cool. And that's, I, I didn't get to work on a lot of the small, like, I wouldn't say mundane, but like the normal boats. Like, uh, at a certain point I was specialized into building the, uh, cabins on the big like 24 foot cabin cruisers oh, really? that go like they're like, like the offshore boats offshore boats oh, that wow. they use for like patrol boats up in alaska and Dang. stuff like that that's cool and so i would build those whole roofs they just show up like a stack of on the ground that's all cut out on the plasma table right and sorry to interrupt you check out this guy on his old trail 90 oh dang how cool is that those Do things it, are so rad doing seven they're miles so, an hour they're geared so low <laughs> I, we, I used to have one of those as a kid one of the first motorcycles my dad brought home was an old trail 90 that i learned how to ride on i just remember they were a goat they would yeah. go anywhere yeah oh that's that's the first thing i ever wrecked in my life was a little uh I don't even know exactly what it was, but it was like the little Honda 70. <laughs> like, a, I don't know if they called it a monkey. It was one of the vintage ones. It was from yeah. the 70s. What they now call the monkey. Yeah, what they yeah. now call a monkey. And I was like, and I, this is no exaggeration, I was three years old. I didn't know how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> you get thrown onto a motorcycle. And, and my dad, like, we had this big, long driveway that had a slight curve to it and a big open yard. And... uh I, I have, like, the memory of it in my head. I don't remember anything before or after, but I have this distinct memory of I'm riding the bike, and it's running, everything. My dad's holding the back of it like you would for just a kid on a bicycle, on a bicycle like, holding the back right. of the seat. And then all of a sudden, he runs in front of me and is like, you're doing great, man. And I just was like, <laughs> you like, oh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> so it's a twist throttle and i just totally whiskey throttled it oh no and like popped off, a wheelie you go. and go blowing past my dad <laughs> and we had like a 60 by 40 shop with like a 40 by 40 like outbuilding next to it that was just open and like my mom's mustang was in there and one of the pickups and next to that was our 8n ford tractor and i just slammed the front of that 8n ford oh no. and like went over the handlebars a little bit and like dumped the bike over 
and go, I had a helmet on. I had cowboy boots on for whatever reason. I don't know why I had cowboy boots when it's I was better like than like flip flops or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I like w- thought I was gonna be cool because I was riding a motorcycle, so I, thought, I better put on my cowboy boots. Oh, that's and awesome. I like totally didn't get hurt or anything. Dip the grill on the tractor, <laughs> oh, and I didn't get on a bike for ten years. Like no kid. I loved bicycles, but I had this like weird stigma against motorcycles. And then I got a bike that was like way too small for me. It was a CR eighty two stroke. But I was 13 and I was already like six feet tall, you know, 220. <laughs> and so I'm like riding this tiny little bike and I had it for about a year and was like, yeah, this is fun and all, but this bike sucks. So ended up selling it, making some money on it, went back to riding a four wheeler. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you live in the middle of nowhere, it's like you got to have something like that to go yeah. do. And like, so we had snowmobiles and all of our stuff was like. Which I, it's like not a bad thing. It's like we just had old stuff. Oh, we always, but it was always like super nice. Like the four wheeler I had was an '84 Honda, but it was like one owner, original tires that were still like full tread. Right. Like it had never gotten hammered. We had uh, Polaris or not Polaris, uh, Yamaha Phasers for sleds. Oh, and you'd like ride one for a season and it would blow up, and you'd just go buy another one for like three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about the old school, old school stuff, I remember my dad came home, and same same thing with me. My dad actually raced motocross uh, right out of high school, um, so we've always always had motorcycles growing up. Started riding at a really young age. Uh, first bike was a little Honda Fifty, um, but everything we got was was older stuff. We just couldn't afford these new yeah. new toys. Um, but I remember one time my dad came home um, from a business trip, and he he had this what we thought was a brand new Polaris sportsman but it was it was a couple years old but this was way back in the day when there was no the rear was a straight axle oh yeah so me and my brother quickly found out we were probably in our early teens 13 14 years old quickly found out the funnest way to drive that thing is to steer with the rear (laughs) oh yeah just just break it loose and drift it around every corner next thing you know we start jumping it and jumping it and my dad bought this, you know, probably back in the day, he spent a fortune on it or what was a fortune to us, this nice hunting four-wheeler. Me and my brother would just go out and beat the tar out of this thing. <laughs> we were jumping it and, like, thought it was the coolest thing ever. And every time my dad took it to go hunting, he'd, he'd find something that we broke on it. Oh. We were like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the – those were the days. That was – Good old rigs. They were reliable, too. Oh, yeah. They always fired up. They always ran. They always like worked. old Hondas, especially. Yeah. Like, it's – like we had, so when we bought our ranch, it came with a probably one of the most desirable three wheelers ever made. A Honda. Oh snap! You were yeah. you were a three wheel kid. Yeah, but I never got to use it because I was tiny, <laughs> and so it was a Honda Big Red two fifty, and that's the one that had those re- things are had reverse. Rad. Like that was the cool thing is that it had reverse, like the deluxe yeah. version. And it was, and even my my I had a what was it a Honda. 200 uh tr 200 no what the hell anyway 200 four-wheeler two-wheel drive but it's like oh that three-wheeler had 50 more cc's on me so it could (laughs) just eat me alive and And way less pounds (laughs) yeah and my my brother's 10 years older than me so he'd ride the three-wheeler and i'd ride the four-wheeler and so that was the only thing is i had the weight advantage there because i was like (laughs) 70 pounds and he was you know the big dude and so it but he was always getting 
fucked up on that thing. Like, oh, no. he had, we were riding and a piece of barbed wire or bailing wire or something out in the field. He went up a hill ahead of me and I waited for him to get to the top. And then I go up there and I'm like, why is he just sitting there? <laughs> why didn't he keep going? Well, this chunk of wire had like snagged his foot and then got oh. wrapped up in the axle and it pulled his foot backwards to the tire oh. and like wrapped his ankle up. Didn't break anything. I don't know how. It's like that happened. I mean, he was always like the thing. All the plastics on it were destroyed, right? Because it was just constantly. I mean, shocking development. Three wheeler rolled over a lot, like always rolling over. And my dad, my dad broke his collarbone on it. Oh, jeez! On the ice. Uh, That's unsafe. Three wheeler yeah. on ice. Oh yeah. And then he. What could go wrong? Kind of tattletailing on my dad here. He broke it New Year's Eve, and ten years later broke the same collarbone on New oh, Year's Eve man. on a snowmobile. <laughs> so at least that time it was a weather-appropriate vehicle, right? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but Ugh. yeah, that's oh man. There's all kinds of cool stuff out here. I know. This is why I like doing these little mobile podcasts. Yeah. You, there's there's all sorts of cool stuff. Pretty sweet, like. 70k20 back there oh yeah some old iron out in these wow. uh the the back country of the pnw oh there's some over there too. so many square bodies <clears throat> oh yeah they're all over the place life yep which sucks for me because i <laughs> <laughs> and i i can't even say it's like everybody's like, oh you're a ford guy it's like i have an 80 gmc square body it's like my favorite year of the square body they were Single headlight, but a square headlight with the full regular grill. Like oh, yeah. The last year of the nice grill. Yep. And it's two-tone, but it's a two-wheel drive. I paid $800 for it. It's like original paint. And I only use it to go to the dump because it's <laughs> it's an automatic. It was a fully option truck. Like, it's the most comfortable thing in the world to drive. But, like, all old trucks have their eccentricities. Oh, yeah. Square body Chevys are rusty. The doors don't work. And <laughs> and let's be honest, like, nothing from the late 70s or early 80s had anything for power, especially oh, a small yeah. block Chevy. Like, right. And, but it's, it's fine. Like, it runs and drives perfect. Every time I have to go start it up, it starts. Every time I shut it off, it diesels for, like, 10 seconds. <laughs> And in nineteen eighty it's like it has its factory wheels which are a seven inch wide sixteen five. And it's like still running sixteen five tires. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna I don't use this truck enough Send to even it. like bother finding different tires for it. I don't care. It's like but it's it's like the truck hey everybody always asks me like, Oh, what should I get? I want to get into old trucks on first and I always start off as like, first of all, no you don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> you think you do because you saw like a really cool Bronco in a music video and you're like, oh, I want an early Bronco. And it's like, no, you don't. You want the idea of an early Bronco. You want like a Jonathan Ward icon early Bronco right. that costs a quarter million dollars yep. and drives better than like that's a, fuel yeah. injected. Yeah, it has somebody, like modern yeah, axles. Exactly. And, like, might as well have a warranty. It works so good. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but you don't want a 66 Bronco with a 170 inline six uh-uh. and a three speed and manual brakes and manual steering not unless you got all the time in the world with yeah. some some deep pockets to constantly work on it it's like my what my older brother uh would you know he'd buy old trucks and stuff he's like well find me something you always find these good deals i'm like i'd find him one I'm like man there's a bunch of stuff wrong with this thing yeah, yeah that's from 1970 
That's the point. <laughs> and you wanted to pay fifteen hundred dollars. Like, oh, you want a you want a truck that's nice? Go to Bear Jackson. Yeah, it's like, I go pay, pick one up there. I, I pay fifteen hundred. Well, I used to pay fifteen hundred dollars for like Highboy Fords and stuff like that, and drive them home and work on them. And right, but it's like you're constantly working on stuff, and it's like you. It's like I went four wheeling one time, top of the mountain, come back down. Like, oh, it's getting kind of hot. Like, stop at the gas station in town. There's, like, no water in it. Water pump's puking. Oh, jeez. Like, well, let's go back in the grocery store and get two gallons of water, and maybe we can make it home. And the next day, you go out, and you're like, well, I've got a junkyard full of my own crap. Let's go steal a water pump off of another 390 <laughs> out in the back. And you put that one on, and it leaks. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's right. It's still an old-used part that's sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went through some phases and i think you've really got to have a passion to turn wrenches oh yeah and and work on stuff if you want to get into those the old iron type type stuff it it is an all consuming affair right and some of them are better than others and some of it like i'll be honest being cheap probably failed me a lot (laughs) (laughs) like and it wasn't even being cheap so much as just being broke like i would have liked to have bought new water pumps and new starters and stuff like that but it's like let's see do i want to buy gas yeah or a starter or do i learn how to take a starter apart and put new brushes in it put the right you know well not only that but like you even you because i went through this phase but it was very very short-lived i had an old 76 single cab long box that my buddies and i used to just go wheeling all the time with and it was very short-lived because for example my uh master cylinder was going out on it and it's like should I just go to pull and save and get a cheap one or buy a brand new one? But I know my brakes are, you know, I got to do my brakes. I know there's all these other things wrong with the truck. And if I'm not going to fix those other things, why put a brand new part in this yeah. one? I can just try and like Jimmy rig it back together or, or go the cheap route. So, and it's, it's like, I'm glad that I did all that stuff because when you're broke down on the side of the road, you need a lot of that knowledge. You need oh, yeah. to be like, can I fix this with some bailing wire and some duct tape and a crescent wrench? And that saved me a lot. So it's like, I'm glad that I had a broke ass like car mentality my whole life because now that's like, even my one buddy, uh, Craig, he told me, he's like, Oh man, when you go to work at power products, like, are you going to, see if they'll let you work outside in the dirt since that's all you're used to. Like, like you're not going to know what to do with like being in a shop, you know, right. with a two post lift. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, like it, yeah. <laughs> and that's every weekend still, it's like, Oh, I drive home and I, you know, jack up my roll around in the, in the dirt, in the dirt, and put things on jack stand. And it's like, it just, it sucks, but it's like, well, this is how I've done it. And right. I'm used to it. And keeps, keeps me honest exactly <laughs> so you went you got we kind of totally got squirreled but we you were working for hughes crafts building boats but, mainly doing aluminum work right yeah, aluminum all, welding all stuff aluminum which kind of brings me into my first really cool not the first project you did but the first thing that like kind of blew my mind that i saw you do was the truck bed on a truck we call Atlas. Yeah, on the F-450. The F-450. So we took it to Overland Expo in Flagstaff, Arizona. It was in the Max Tiedowns booth. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it in social media. Uh, but we took an F-450, uh, did a super single in the rear, um, took the, the bed off, and we had this idea of let's let's do a flatbed on it. Yeah. 
And what what was the original conversation? Was it lead times or price? Or uh, it, it sounded like we just couldn't get exactly what we wanted. Yeah, it w- it was a combination of like COVID kind of screwed. Yeah, we us could with do like, it, but you'll yeah. have it in two and a half years. Yeah, it was like, well, yeah, we're like, you know, every fab shop was like, we'll build you a bed. It's going to be a lot of money, and it's going to be six months from now at best. And I am not an engineer. <laughs> I'm a fabricator and right. I like I know how math works kind of. <laughs> and so and we didn't have a we we have a a smaller TIG welder at work that's good for like if you need to build an aluminum area. Yeah, we're not like yeah. big into welding. Big, yeah, it's not a big water cooled machine or anything. And then if you're building a flatbed like you need a push pull wire feed aluminum, you know, like specific machine. Right. And so, yeah, when the conversation was like, well, you know, you said you build aluminum fishing boats. Do you want to build a flatbed? And I'm like, eh, like, never built a flatbed. Like, I know what it is. It's all metal. <laughs> right. Like, like, I built things. I built a table that's kind of a flatbed, like if you set it on the back of a truck. And, <laughs> and, and so I was like, well, it's, yeah, it's like, it's metal and everything, but it's like, I don't know how to design it. This truck's weird. It's got 43-inch you know, continental tires on it. It's definitely and, unique. And air ride in the back. And right. we want all this really specific stuff. And I was like, and we don't have a welder. And that's like, we had like six or seven grand worth of welder. Like, okay. And a couple months later, it's like, well, nobody wants to build it. So what welder do you want? Oh, oh, okay. Well, let's get this one. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess let's just start building a bed. <laughs> so you just full like jumped in. Yeah. I think Cooper ordered... We measured out and ordered two big chunks of C-channel for the center rib of right. the bed to set on the frame. And, like, I took those and had, like, the main front cross member of the bed and the two center rails over the frame. And, like, cut them all out and welded it together. And was like, oh, Starting well, like, to look I, like can, I can kind of build off of that. So I ordered in, like, 200 feet of 4-inch uh, aluminum angle. So none and of this was done, like, on a... Uh, CAD thing. Like no, you I didn't built even, it with. I didn't even really write stuff down. Like that's I. It it was so much just like, like I tell everybody, it's like everybody's like, oh well, with today, like with water jets and laser jets and everything, and plasma tables, like you can just draw it all out and send it out, and it's like I cut every piece of that thing with a, like was it a, a six like a, a skill saw, right? Just with a, a you know, like a carpenter skill saw with a uh, carbide blade on it right like i took uh was it four by eight sheets of aluminum and like once i had built the bed like it was all that angle you know four inch by four inch angle frame around and had the tube the the max uh quick track right tubing extruded right. tubing around the outside and there's pictures of it i have of the where the uh toolboxes are all in cardboard the whole truck done it wrapped in cardboard and i took all those pieces made them all laid them out on these sheets of aluminum sharpied it out and then clamped guides to it and just ran that skill saw around for days and ripped ripped every single piece by hand which the skill saw leaves a perfect bare edge for welding oh so that's the best part about it when you're doing like the doors and everything like even there the doors are have like a, a three-quarter inch you know bent edge on them which i would have loved to have had a a, a big press break to sure. do that but i didn't i had to cut 
like 20 feet of three quarter inch wide, you know, aluminum off of these sheets. And I'm doing it out of scraps at that point because I'm right. like trying to use every part of the buffalo with all this really expensive exactly. aluminum. Exactly. And it's like you just do that. And then the it's so perfect that you can just like most of the time you don't even need filled filler. You just blend it together. No kid. Because it's such a perfect cut and there's no contamination or anything. That's the thing that sucks about uh, like a plasma jet. Uh, like CNC plasma, right? Is it still leaves a little bit of a of like a weird sludge. edge that you need to dress up, yeah. and it's sometimes it doesn't affect it as much. But like with steel, it's not quite as bad, especially with steel and MIG welding and stuff like that. It's like eh, you can get away with a lot. You can't get away with it on aluminum. Like aluminum needs to be really super clean and pretty right. and perfect, and like steel, you shouldn't you shouldn't get away with it. Like you should clean everything but we're not building rocket ships right you know? <laughs> like, we're not elon musk yeah oh geez that was a big old porcupine that lady just hit <laughs> oh my gosh thing was the size of a holy small cow. smokes <laughs> that was a huge porcupine <laughs> sorry animal lovers holy <laughs> smokes that thing was huge that was like that was bigger than a basketball. Yeah, I don't know if she hit it or if she got out thinking to it was take a, a dog. picture of it. <laughs> she imagines that she just gets quills stuck up all in oh, her hands. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, some white white girl out here driving around. Oh my god, that puppy! Oh man, <laughs> I so, should take it into the vet. True story, and we're we're gonna get totally squirreled here, but it's a funny story. My mom is a huge animal lover, like over the top loves dogs. She's she is just this would never hurt a fly greatest human being on earth like highly deathly allergic to bees but i don't know if she would ever kill a bee sweetest sweetest human being ever well she's taking my dad to the airport one day i was probably 18 years old and as they're going to the spokane airport they see a dog on the side of the road and my dad's like carrie do not pick that dog up when you <laughs> drop me off and come back do not pick that dog up i won't pick it up but my mom keeps thinking about it drops my dad off comes back gets stops her car at the airport, goes across traffic, through the ditch, runs across the other side of traffic, picks this dog up, puts it in the bed of my dad's truck, drives it home, calls animal control, and was like, hey, this dog was hit. You guys need to come pick it up. So animal control shows up, opens the door, and slams it, and looks at my mom and goes, I am not touching that coyote. <laughs> true, true story. My mom picked up a damn dying coyote on the side of a highway thinking it was a dog cradled it put it in the bed of the truck oh drove it all the way gosh. home never bit her never did anything but just laid there and the, the guy's like I'm, you know i'm gonna shoot this thing right it's <laughs> like oh my gosh mom oh that's um, awesome yeah so anyways if you guys get the chance definitely go to our instagram go to our it's on diesel it's on off-road uh but check out the truck atlas um and you will be blown away. I know you've been been given uh, several pats on the back. Um, it does look incredible. That thing is does not look like it was something that was just done off the top of somebody's head. Um, yeah, that sometimes that's it's how extremely the, impressive. <laughs> that's how the best ones work out. Is like when you don't go in into it with a plan and you just kind of like right. the stuff. The stuff literally does build itself at right. a certain point. Like you just go like, oh well, we need. 
toolboxes and we need a deck and we need a headache rack. Well, let's put the spare tire up there. Okay, well, let's have a slide, a sliding drawer that comes out from underneath the deck in the back. Oh, yeah, I okay. forgot you built that. That thing's cool. Yeah. All the storage compartments in it, the headache rack on it. Um, and I think, in fact, not I think, we did. I just don't remember the exact number, but me and Colin over at Max Tie Down, so when it was in their booth at Overland Expo, counted. It was like 600 or something. It, it was something like crazy. 697. Yeah. Um, so there's like 697 individual tight. Oh, that road's closed. Can't go that way. Um, it is like 700 or 900 um, tie down points on this flatbed rack. So you can literally mount in any configuration you can possibly think of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, now you did a killer job with that. But one thing I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, you've had, you've been able to get your hands on pretty much every single rig that's come through that shop since you've been here. Do you have a rig that is your favorite, whether it's come and gone or we still have it? Is there like the ultimate, like this is absolutely my favorite either build or truck or thing that's come through? So they've all, they've all got kind of a, a special spot. Like the, uh, the silver F-350 yeah. is just a rad looking truck. It <laughs> drives nice, but it, it's like, it's, when you hop in it, it's not a truck on 40s. It's just a truck. It's right. sitting kind of tall. Like, it drives perfect. Yeah. And Atlas is sadly the same way that it's like, it's everybody bizarre. is staring at you. You are a movie star driving that truck around. Right. But, like, it has a super tight turning radius. And, and it's other quiet. Than, yeah, it's quiet. Which blew my mind. And other than the fact that it's, like, literally eight feet wide, <laughs> like, you can't park it anywhere and you you know, in traffic, it's like, you better be in the, you're like driving a Peterbilt, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it just drives like a truck. Right. And the only thing around that, like, we really haven't done anything to it. Crazy. But is my favorite thing to take out is the, the TRX. Yeah. If I could go buy something right now, <laughs> uh, I would be driving around TRX. It is the most insane production vehicle that has ever been made. And I've been, like, one of my buddies has a wide-body Hellcat Challenger, brand new. Just picked it up last fall. And we take that thing around. It's stupid. Right. It's the most ridiculous car ever made in America. And that pickup is the exact same thing. It's crazy. And it's it's just, it's silly. It's, like, it's it is... It's kind of one of those things that reminds me of like when you get into like a brand new X3 or the brand new Pro R. Yeah. And the first time you drive it and you get out and you the first thought at least in my head is there's people should have to pass yeah. a special test. Exactly. It's to like they even sell these purchase to, this. They sell these to anyone. It's right. Like, they talk about that uh like Matt Farah uh, will talk about that with uh like new McLarens and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> people can just buy these. It's crazy. <laughs> like if you have money and can walk into a dealership. It's yeah. Like you can just go get a Lamborghini and yeah. then go crash it into a telephone pole, which is what happened to like 20% of Hellcats when they first came oh, out. Oh, yeah. And Nobody knew how to drive them. They just yeah. used way too much power, especially in like, could you imagine that motor in a, in a car? Yeah. Well, and that's like even uh, uh, my buddy with his wide body challenger everybody's like oh well you know you're gonna have to get it's his first car he's driven trucks his whole life he had oh, wow. uh, 89 gmc half ton five speed he had uh he still has a, a like 2018 silverado 
but it's like he never had cars. Right. So his first just car is 797 horsepower. And everybody's like, oh, he's going to wreck that thing. And I was like, he used to like race Yamaha Raptors, the 660 Raptors. Oh, yeah. And he's like the craziest human being on that. He's su- it's super controlled and everything else. And I was like, he has it because you. it's one of those things like you know what it is or you don't. And right. it's like he's kind of started to find the limits on the Challenger. And he's like pretty self-aware of it. Like right. at a certain point, like this thing is going, I'm going to outdrive, you know, it's, it's going to come around, but he hasn't looped it yet. Uh, good job, buddy. <laughs> and he, uh, it, but it's like, yeah, you can just go buy that stuff. So yeah, the TRX, like it has the nicest interior that's ever been oh put in a truck gosh. ever. It's crazy. Um, the, the bizarre thing with it too is, is how <clears throat> the first time I hopped in it, Brian was driving it, and he's like, you know, watch this, and kind of got on it, not hard, but just got on it. You look down, and we were going like ninety. Yeah, it feels like you're going forty. Oh yeah, it's so everything about it is so well built and well designed. It's, and and it's, even now with the thirty sevens and everything, it's like it just and <laughs> it unreal. Was, it was so much fun to like have to do the test and install videos on the exhaust because it's like well let's pull you know drive it around with stock exhaust and see how loud it is right and then let's put full stainless mbrp exhaust on it with mufflers and see how loud it is and then let's take the mufflers out and put in this cool little delete pipe that they send with it and then let's go see how loud it is and it's like this is the best job ever (laughs) that that truck is crazy and in my opinion too it's one of the trucks that from the outside it doesn't it there's nothing over the top that's flashy about it no it's it's very all the body lines are really good like everything about it just interior and exterior just flows yeah. so well together and it, it's if it was lime green it would yeah. be more fitting of what it is but it's like it's just silver and black and, and if you don't know what a trx is 90 yeah. percent of people are just gonna look at it and be like there goes another ram 1500 yeah like in traffic i noticed some because the fenders, I mean, of course, they're yeah, so wide and right. everything, but it's like it's pulling up and you're like, oh, that Ram's got a hood scoop. Oh, it's a TRS. Yeah. And, it, and the other one's like, yeah, you just now you start to see, you're like, oh, that's just a 1500. Would they you know, put like, the hood scoops on? And yeah. So it, it's, yeah, that truck is just unbelievable. And it's, it's sad because we had that and the Raptor at the same time. Right. Course, the Raptor was a couple years old and everything else. And it, had a lot of bolt-ons on it. It, it was very fast, but it sounded like a weird V6 and everything yeah. else. And it kind of had its issues. Well, well it was still a super good truck, right? but it's not that. It's like that thing had a lot of work done to be what, what the it was. TRX is from the factory right. with the warranty. And I think when the Raptor R comes out this fall, which... Did I think, you see the release of yeah, all this? I was just going to say that. That's going to be the best thing ever. And it's... Everybody kind of knew it was going to happen when they brought out the GT500 with the supercharged oh, yeah. 5.2. And, and everybody's and like, And the Bronco oh. Raptor R yeah. or whatever they're calling that. And that thing, it's like, that thing's going to be cool because it's got the, like, the Explorer ST 3 liter in it, which we played with one of those at work. Yep. That's, I think, 410 horse stock. They're quick. And we put a huge Whipple intercooler in it and a tune, and that takes it, like, close to 500. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Like, I wish you could get the 3, three liter in the Mustang. Yeah, like, that would be wicked. Because I drive, I drive around a two three EcoBoost Mustang. That would be wicked. And that thing's rad, but it's not what that three liter is. Like, right. That 
you know, you can go buy this Explorer that'll probably hang with a GT Mustang. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know, what is it 2023 is what they're saying that when they're available to purchase, right? The Raptor yeah. R? Well, it's a 2023 model year, so, uh, so they'll they're, be good. they're saying late... 2022 they will be available which means by probably january Early 2024, 2024 yeah we'll be able to if, get one if it's anything like the bronco yeah. don't hold your breath so uh, yeah yeah it'll be cool to see two i mean and they're i don't know the exact specs but i think the the trx was like 702 or something and yeah. they're saying the raptor R is 700 so yep the specs are really close they're both these supercharged motors but the raptor's got a a pretty decent weight advantage um, which they're saying is mostly like aluminum body versus steel body sure. truck. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm a Ford guy. A lot of the times it's like, I am too. Ford, traditionally Ford's, Ford's been doing this Raptor thing for a while. Like they know how to do Do it. Dodge came out hitting hard. And with they the knocked DR. it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, they home run like Ford was kind of sitting back, you know, going like, oh, yeah, we got it. throw a V6 in that truck. It'll sell great. And it did. And then they're like, the oh, yeah, comes out and they're like, Oh yeah. crap. Caught with their to pants do... down. They're like, Oh, <laughs> guys. Oh, Oh, we did oh, the, the best we, thing no. is, is all the little hidden, um, uh, Easter eggs, if you will, oh, yeah. on the, on the TRX. Yeah, of like the, the T-Rex eating a Raptor. Eating a Raptor. And it's like yeah. shots have been fired, but I mean, Ford was quick to answer back. Yeah. Um, I, I well, was, and they, there was a press release from the like lead of the Raptor R development team. And they asked him, they're like, so is this a response to the TRX? He's like, Psh, no, <laughs> we've been <laughs> planning this for like years. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you might have been planning it for years, and we're like, yeah, but the V6 ones still sell, so, like, we're not going to put a V8 in it. And then Ram came around and went, and, that was, and they were like, oh, yeah, so that plan, we were kind of keeping check, like, yeah, that, but it's a, you know, it's like their plan B was this nuclear missile. It's yes. just like, we're going to completely destroy the TRX if we can. We're going to throw everything at it. Yeah, and who knows? I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to get, you know, if we get our hands on one and uh really see what it is oh yeah um, it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully we'll have the trx at the same time so we can go you know do some really some do. comparisons yeah we'll do and it it's it's cool to see the the aftermarket companies you know they're coming around pretty quick to these i would i would say they're somewhat exclusive vehicles i mean they're not cranking out trx's left and right no but, but you can still get like we just did the snb cold air yep. intake on one so SMB's got their intakes. We got it on 37s. We got uh, the MBRP exhaust is really cool because, like you were saying, it comes – you buy the MBRP exhaust, it's, which is really nice for yeah. a fit and finish. It's got carbon tips and everything on it. Um, but it also comes with resonators or a straight pipe. So you can yeah. kind of tune it exactly how you want. Yeah, it's, um, it's a rad setup. And it's – I mean, there's a lot of companies that have been diving into the TRX, even though it's such a niche – vehicle like right the coolest thing i've seen is uh the kibby tech does all the oh my billet gosh. aluminum trailing arms stuff and stuff for them so and rad. all the a arms and like king shot conversion oh like, yeah it's like holy crap this stuff is way cool and even just their little uh for the live valve shocks they do a little billet arm that's an extension with their leveling kit and i was when we did ours there was like 
nothing out there. I remember that. And it yep. was like, well, hopefully it doesn't screw it up too much because the arm's still a half an inch shorter than it needs to be. And it's That's like, right. And they're like, yeah, here's these arms we made out of aluminum on our five-axis mill. Yep. And also, do you want them in blue or gold or pink or purple? Or <laughs> right. Well, it's, it makes you think, too, like, how far are we from, like, look at the development of, like, high-performance trucks and then side-by-side, same thing. Like, the new Pro-R is ludicrous yeah. it's crazy the new trx absolutely crazy that, that was the first thing brian said about that too to, like to, to bring it out. he's like so i can't nobody believe they sell these to people yeah like, nobody should be able to go out and buy that they should have to do like a actual precision course or something yeah. to show that they're capable of controlling that vehicle but because it, if you took a raptor r or not a raptor a uh, pro, pro r, r and took it to 1968 to the Baja 1000. You'd it would beat everybody by seven hours. You would crush. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it makes me wonder, and I hope we don't like go. I know everyone right now is pushing electric, and Ford's got the lightning coming out, and it's just this heavy, heavy electric vehicles, electric vehicles. But I sure hope the performance side of things continues with the gas side, because it makes me wonder, like, in 30 years from now, like, is the TRX going to be like, remember that one time when they released yeah. that? That thing was so lame compared yeah. to like what we have now. Like, <laughs> what's it going to 4,000 horsepower yeah, electric like, four-wheel what, drive What is thing? this? It's, it's so cool. That it's, Raptor was really dumb compared to my hover car. Dude, <laughs> it's crazy. And it's awesome because, I mean, the more these companies compete with each other, really, the 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 end consumer is the one that benefits. Like yeah. the more they develop technology and come out with these crazy things, then now the Ford's got a supercharged V8. Yeah. You We're know. really, we win at the end. We are this. the ones winning. Other like, than the fact that none of us can afford one. Yeah. But there's that. The good thing but is, but it's still cool to still, know it's out there. Yeah, exactly. It's you like, know, it keeps the daydream alive. It's, it's kind of muscle car wars from 1968. Exactly. It's, like, it's this ar- nuclear arms race of like, uh, Oh, they've totally. got a supercharger on their truck. We better get a supercharger on our truck. Right. And it was this way in the early, early two, 2000s when uh, Ford had the, the original Lightning, the second yeah. generation one that had the supercharged 5.4. And it was like, you know, world's fastest production truck for like two weeks. And then Ram was like, oh, yeah, you know that Viper thing we have? We took the motor out of that and put it in a half ton pickup with a six speed. It's a complete and total death trap, but we beat you by 10 miles an hour. Exactly. So you guys can suck it. I know. It's awesome. So it, it, no. it'll be cool to see where, where everything goes in the future. Cause yeah. It's just going to be a battle. And the best, (laughs) it's funny to look at it. It's like Ford and Dodge are like heavyweights out there, like battling for horsepower wars and everything. And Chevy's just sitting back, like cranking out Silverados. We got Silverados here still. (laughs) Uh, Built by tornadoes and thunderstorms. Yeah, this one. uh, this one comes with better shocks. Yeah, where are they? What are they doing? Just, I mean, we they have what the Silverado ZR2. The Colorado. Well, no, they've got oh, the Silverado. That's right. That's fair. The Colorado ZR2, awesome truck. You had that one. Yeah, it was a good truck. Those are rad trucks. They knocked it out of the park. There was nothing for a Ranger that was that cool. Like Chevy owned that market, but now they're like, oh yeah, we just you know that ZR2 Colorado. Yeah, we did the Silverado over here. We did the same thing. (laughs) Well, and it's like they're they're more concerned about like the design. I swear they've got the craziest front ends on their trucks now. Yeah. It's just out of control. It's, it's like they're it's trying like, to make. It's like, oh, is that your guys's concept car for this? No, that's production. Like, Are you sure? I'm sorry, what did like, you did you run that? Past imagine the aftermarket else? nightmare of like, hey, design a bumper for this new Chevy truck. Like, oh yeah. Oh great. Yeah, because you think about like an early Super Duty. It's like, oh okay, it's kind of so flat and it ramps up at the ends. And yeah. then you think of like an 07 or yes, yeah, 07. It's like. 
on the Dodges where it had the headlights that had the bump oh, yeah. at the bottom. It's like, you yeah. know, the bumper the, guys were like, what the, f- you yeah. couldn't make that a straight line? I Come on. I remember those. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> oh, geez. Well, Jesse, I'm glad we got you on the podcast, yeah. my guy. This was a blast. We'll have to do it again. Um, but yeah, for those of you, this is Jesse. He's our shop guy. He does all the builds. So anything you see coming out of the shop, here at Off-Road Power Products, Diesel Power Products, uh, 99% chance that he's turned a bolt or if not built the entire thing. So um, love to have you on here. You're a great guy. Awesome to hang around. Uh, you built my truck and uh, all the other trucks. So I thought it was fitting to get you on here and, and yeah. go for a cruise. But uh, thanks for coming on. Again, guys, you can tune in on all of our social platforms, America's Off-Road Podcast. You can always email us, kyle at americasoffroadpodcast.com. Or if you feel so obliged, it always helps, and we greatly appreciate it if you go to wherever you're listening and leave us a review. Uh, if you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of that, send it over to our email, and uh, maybe I'll send you something in the mail, a cup, shirt, hat, high fives. Uh, you never know. Um, but, yeah, we just pulled back into the shop. We're actually right in the middle of a build right now for one of our customers doing uh, – <laughs> It was a 2000. It's been it's been a process, but it, it, pretty, was, it was a 2017 to start with, yeah. and then we found out it's a 2016. That's like a whole different truck when it comes to a Super Duty. Yeah, but uh, you're doing what deck system, deck toolbox, Carly commuter kit, uh, all sorts of goodies on that. Yeah. So we're gonna go button that up so you can pick that up tomorrow. But until next time, we'll see you guys on another episode. Bye.